Picture a world of sex and sounding. <laughs> You've entered the nymph zone. I'm look, I don't know. You fuck. Can we have that be the intro DJ Lemon request that? No, 100%. Hi, I'm Milk. I am a cup of coffee with breast milk in it. This is Nymphomercial, the podcast that reviews hentai regrettably and enthusiastically. I just kind of did this all wrong. Uh, and this is Nymphomercial. <laughs> Take three. Uh, and you're listening to Nymphomercial. And today we actually have a guest who is. Tailblazer. Yeah. <laughs> I almost went Tailblazer. <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, I'll play it straight. Don't mean it. You have to do it for the entire episode. And then I fucked it up anyway. Hi. The audience doesn't even know I just had three outtakes for, you know, the show I've been doing for like four years. So there we go. <laughs> Tail, thanks for being on. Yeah, sure. I, I like it. It, was, it took me a lot to get out here. Had to get the, the custom NymphoJet. Yeah. I appreciate you flying me out. We fly all our guests here at <laughs> infomercial.com. The foot-shaped NymphoJet. We're really into like aesthetics here. And I don't know if you noticed, but I really love like the design I've set up for Nympho. It was so hard to make the jet just leak black goop to match our logo just as it constantly <laughs> flies. I feel like it used to be white. So you can see where it flew across the country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the most noticeable chemtrails uh, the money can buy. Mm-hmm. These fucking fart kink people, I swear to God. <laughs> Taylor, we're going to throw you in the fire really quick. Uh, we do a thing on infomercial. Mm-hmm. A, a little check-in, you know, because all podcasts have to start with um, three people just talking about how they are before they actually get into the content. Mm-hmm. But we equate it to some type of, of fetish tag. So, Lemon, why don't you, you kick us off? How are you doing? What, what tag are you feeling? Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, today I'm feeling the mind break, um, tag because I've just had enough of the car joke now. <laughs> so I'm pretty broken, but yeah, that's me. Oh, I'll, I'll finally, I'll finally put it to rest. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, y'all it's, it's been slandered. Lemon does not actually want to fuck a car. Uh, publicly. <laughs> it's just a Buick. They're not really cars. I mean, is a PT cruiser only a car? It depends where you go. Yeah. <laughs> they can vote in some countries, I hear that. I read that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. You know, I thought of how I'm feeling, and I didn't pig a tag for it. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to say hyper, uh, which, you know, typically is equated to some type of size thing. But because I've been so awake, I, I've almost been awake a, a half the amount of time as a normal human this <laughs> last week. I'm proud of you. A tail, do you have a, a, a tag that you uh, can relate to? Um... <sighs> Uh, ass expansion because because it's been a long ass day. <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. But um, but we'll remedy that with this conversation. That's probably the best one we've had. <laughs> Absolute gold. Yeah. Speaking of expansion, you want to expand on what you do a little bit? <laughs> Tell us who you are, where you came from, your social street address. Yeah. Oh, I just I I just animate. It's very straightforward. It's very upfront. Um. I've been animating since, well, not safe for work. I've been animating since 2015, I think. Yeah, it was like June or something like that. Wow. And um, yeah, just been doing that. I started out doing a lot of stills and commissions for maybe like a comic page every now and then. And then probably like two or three years ago, I started really focusing on the uh, independent animation, kind of the longer format. 
And I say longer, but it's it's really only like a handful of minutes. But actually, like dedicating to like a single piece that long. I mean, instead of like a like a GIF or a loop or something like that, you know. I'd say ten to to fifteen around minutes is is like kind of the ideal like yeah, for some type of like erotic video. That's a huge amount of time. Uh, Taylor, can you guide us? So, like, how long does it take to make like a fifteen minute long animation like that? Um, Barista Bombshell Barista Two was I think sixteen minutes, and that was I think five hundred fifty to six hundred hours. Oof. Um, it took eleven months, and it was just me doing it, and I had um a friend or someone i would like pay a little bit to come in and help with something here and there mm, mm, mm. um but yeah so i mean the flat answer is like right around 550 hours it depends how complicated because I, I tend to go more, more i tend to go heavier on like the the line work and the detail and the shading per shot yeah because a lot of people won't do the shading and it'll make it a lot easier and, and i should do that in the future but here we are just a perfectionist i even noticed that there, there are times you do two layers of shading. Yeah, if it's a close-up, I tend to do two layers because it looks really good, so I do it. It does make a huge impact, I'll say, but yeah, the, the effort of that. Uh, so, so I'm curious, do you uh, shade your, your first pass or do you do flats and then go back and add shading? I guess it depends on the shot because sometimes I'll, I'll do the full thing through and through. But I guess what I'll do because it's, it's like on, the shading's on its own layer. I'll do the shading with the line work and then I'll just color behind it because the color is almost secondary at that point. Oh, okay. I think that's a pretty traditional technique. We, I think a lot of people have seen the like penciled line within like the blue line to outline the shading. Yeah. Uh, and it sounds like that's kind of like the, tic- the, the order you go with then. I don't do the, I don't put lines for my shading. I just put the, the actual colors on the, top and then yeah. I use uh, like opacity or uh transparency to to fool with it uh, it makes sense for digitally because like the pencil you know you'd have to shade it all in but with digital you could just throw that uh <laughs> that right there i just ain't oh. look at that because i'm lazy look i, I yeah. want to run <laughs> you you mean you don't hand scribble in all of that shading you don't eye drop every shade color you just uh you use the the difference filter i'm boring yes exactly wow what a, what a scrub <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a bit of a, I'm just a bit of a, a hack. Yeah, so, so lazy. No, but uh, <laughs> on the truthfulness of your, your animation quality, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's so smooth, so beautiful. Uh, so I, as someone who went to school for animation, I, I have to know, I have to know the deets. What were you working with? 24 frames a second animating on twos and sometimes threes? Is mm-hmm. that it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Milk um, surface, knew a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fuck with wow. uh, singles. No, that's uh, too much work, yeah. That sounds like a like adultery, is what it sounds like. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, no, I don't fuck with single frames much. Monogamation is just, ugh. It's a bit of a, yeah, it's a bit of a wash. I can't, I can't believe it. But no, really, uh, it's, um, I think it's easier to do twos and threes. I think it's, I think obviously I think it's faster for a one person to do. Mm. And uh, I think it's more charming. It looks a little more hand done than singles. I don't know. Yeah. It's really smooth. It's definitely given it's a very unique style. What do you animate on? I'm using Wacom 22 HD and it's uh, or a Cintiq 22 HD and then it's mm-hmm. uh, Adobe Animate, I think 2017. Oh, okay. Because I've been trying to Clip Studio Paint for animations and like uh, compared to some other programs like uh, that were for free, like Krita. Like it's uh, very capable, and I think like it's even being used in like the standard in animation yeah. you now for like Japan and stuff. You know, so it's really coming a long way. 
Yeah, I think uh, Clip Studio is very competent, like especially, like I said, the, the recent updates and everything. But uh, Hollywood uses Clip Studio for all of her art and she does the animations as well using Clip mm. Studio. And it's really um, she has the, the animation version of it. And I don't know too much about it, but uh, she does a great job with it. So I think I think it's much more competent than it used to be. And in a lot of ways, I think much more competent than Adobe Animate. Uh, Tail, uh, I did just want to ask you. Me? Yeah, you. Uh, what are your uh, influences when it comes to your art style and animation uh, technique? Uh, because I feel like I see a lot of like different artists that definitely led to the cultivation of your style. Really? But I want uh, to know from the horse's mouth, what, uh, what do you consider your biggest inspiration? Well, I'm curious as what you think. Well, you, I'll tell you, you show me yours and I'll show you mine. What do you, what do you think? Um, I'm getting like a hint of Yo Yoshinari stuff. So like, so like a lot of trigger animation could mm-hmm. be like influential there. I think it's a really good uh, observation. Yeah, yeah. But I'm also seeing like, because you tend to use like a lot of like uh, very brown uh, sepia tones, I've noticed a very common one in your color palette. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I'm getting like hints of like, Tintin, like French cartoons and stuff like that, being uh, influential to your style? I assume the colors were because you like some time pieces. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's actually a really good way of, of looking at it. But it's it's a mix of that because it just so happens to fit the, the, the mood. But it's um, as far as color is, I used to do so I used to do uh, animations on Adobe Flash, which is like, it's exactly like animate. Represent. But I used to do my colors really, really vibrant and very saturated. Mm. And uh, one of my friends came up and was like, yeah, people don't paint their walls fire engine red. And I was like, oh yeah, shit, they don't do that. Guys, weaklings. What do you mean you don't have a panic room in your house like that? <laughs> no, I, I don't need one. Not every room is the panic room. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I just... Uh, I started paying attention and being like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. I, and this was like like 20 years. I was like 17, 18. And I was like, oh, yeah, I should probably like do things more subdued. And so I just started looking at more. So it was like, yeah, sepia tones, because I, I do like the old Edwardian stuff mm. and it fit that better anyway. So I like, OK, I like I like earth tones, too. That's all right. So I like autumn tones as well. Yeah, definitely. as far as style, it just depends what piece you're you're talking about, because if it's like the typical style it's just like a it really is just like a bastardized 90s anime style yeah yeah and i definitely fuck with that i don't really pursue trigger studio trigger that much but um i do like like 90s anime i like gunsmith cats a lot um i can definitely see that now that you said that yeah fun fact uh jin the purple haired character jin is um i was thinking i was trying to come up with a character to fit in a barista one i think it was yeah and uh I was rereading Gunsmith Cats. The they had like the smaller volumes. I was rereading, and I was like, "Man, I need to come up with somebody." And I was like, "Oh, I, I don't know what I'm gonna, I don't know what I'm gonna do." And I, so I just like copied Minnie Mae Hopkins as like as a starter, and then I just kind of I was like, oh, "I'll just fool around," and I tried to fool around with it, and I just made gin, and then I named her gin because I was drinking a lot of gin at the time. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> if you look at Barista One, the back of Jin's hair is black, which is what they do in those kind of manga. That specific mm. manga. So it just depends um, what I'm looking at at that point. But it is just a ton of, it's either 90s anime or like bastardized American, like rips of anime. For instance, like Welcome to Elkingville or Eltingville Club, I think it was. That pilot from like 2004. 
I'm not familiar with this. Sorry. It's they only put out one pilot. I mean, I'm not fucking surprised. <laughs> But I thought it was really bad. It really stuck. And so I was like, oh, I like that. I like it a lot <laughs> because it's easy to it's easy to draw because it is just like simplified, but it's hard to animate because you can't turn like these hard edges very easily and keep them in your head. So it had to round out a little bit over time. So I kind of fell back on like my 90s anime aesthetic. But then if you look in other places, like when I do full body stuff, that's kind of like goofier. You'll notice I do kind of uh, the Chuck Jones thing where you'll have like these uh, like like this goofy character that's kind of like a, a mini fridge stuck on these tiny little twi- like twig legs, like this is very much a, a stylized almost uh, UPA animation kind of stuff. But it's it's a callback to old Chuck Jones because I love Chuck Jones, one of the direct- directors who made uh, Looney Tunes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I can see like a such a variety of like um, shapes and sort of like differentiations from like usual. Uh, body types in your work. Yeah. You know? I like how polite you were in that. And you said the variety of shapes and not like, it's just your your incredible inconsistency, Tailblazer. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do on an infomercial. We elevate you here, you know? We like I am so thank you so much. Every I'm just a, I'm just another Warhol. I'm just I'm just revolutionizing. <laughs> yeah. Procrastination? No, no. They're just patient. It's masturbation. You know? they, only, they only strike when ready, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, hopefully that answered your question. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay so so outside of art influence I, i'm curious about some like theme influence and th- there's one i i think is pretty clear already though uh totally spies which is how i first stumbled onto your animation stuff oh yeah was that a a inspiration to to you as a person as like a thirsty point? like I, I think uh, yeah i think thirsty was uh definitely obviously um gosh i, I don't know there's that and there's so many ads from the 2000s where you're like, well, this is question. This is questionable. Like her. Oh, yeah. Her like full tits are just on this television screen. And, like they're just like bigger randomly from this guy pressing this. Now I'm thinking about it. That's just the, the plot to Bombshell Barista. <laughs> 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 I just stole it from uh, that old juiced commercial for the racing yeah. game. <laughs> I got to know now. What is uh, Tailblazer's fetish feel? What was the uh, spark that ignited some of your uh, more inspired uh, themes that you use? Um. Do you mean like the material in general? Do you mean like, because it is just like the ads and the, like, for instance, like old anime, people would put like clips of anime and it would just be like BE compilations on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. And it would have like just, or like TF, like TF would do it a lot. They'd have like a lot of TF uh, material on YouTube. Yeah. It'd be like, it'd have the most jank, like nightcore music behind it. And it would have like the (laughs) multicolor, like Windows (laughs) Movie Maker filter over it hell yeah 240 pixels you know <laughs> and i'm like what the fuck is that i downloaded a couple of those because i was like this is so nostalgic like ooh, <laughs> yeah yeah what about furry then because that one always has like a solid spark i've noticed for people like we can trace it back to like warner brothers animation or <laughs> robin hood <laughs> yeah don bluth big um proponent of like furry uh, creators you know yeah funny enough i don't i don't really care for don bluth oh okay i just uh I didn't, I just didn't, I, I guess I missed the boat because when I came back when I was older and I was like, it's kind of too goofy for me. I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I, I don't know. It's kind of the same thing because they had, they had, I, I'm, I'm very much a, a child of the YouTubes because I, mm. I'm sorry, a consenting adult that uh, was on YouTube at the time, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Editor, take that out. <laughs> yes, please, please don't get us in trouble. <laughs> of course. Yes. Uh, but you know, right when I was like around the thirsty age, I found the same thing, but it was just for like TF. It was like random, like barnyard TF stuff. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. 
And of course, Totally Spies again. I just realized yeah. that they had TF stuff in there mm. too, which you think I would remember because we just rewatched it. But there I was, a fool. It just literally covers every D fetish except breast expansion. It's the full spectrum. That's, one, that's the one they couldn't get away with, you know? Yeah. They're like, that's a little too obvious. <laughs> <laughs> they tried. <laughs> They're like, they didn't do uh, dick necks. I'm like, almost. Did they? They have like the detaching head thing. So that's like close enough. Oh, my God. I mean, what is a dick neck fetish if not just an elaboration of a doula haunt, you know? I remember that in a Socrates writing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I was wondering because you're quite as you're recording. Right? I was a play. Yeah, it's Plato. Yeah. 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 A great philosophy. <laughs> um, yeah. The dick necks in the cave. <laughs> dick Maximus. Yes. Just for the, the listeners who feel a little skipped over. Do you want to uh, quickly list off the, the fetishes you mainly focus on in, in your erotic content? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'll do anything um, because my, my thirsts are in most kinks, so it doesn't matter. Um, but I do a lot of, I used to do a lot of TF uh, transformation stuff and it's a lot of animal transformation stuff I used to do, mm-hmm. but it's literally just all, it, it's all part of the same like base kinks. But, uh, Nowadays, I just do a lot of size difference uh, because I, oh yeah, I stumbled across that on YouTube as well. But yeah, a lot of size difference and giantess and um, I'll do a lot of, a lot of ass expansion and uh, like tit expansion and all that. I love an animate TF as well. So I'll do that as well. Uh, that actually brings me up to my next uh, topic. Um, size con. I believe you just recently attended it, right? Yeah. Were you, were you there? <laughs> no, no, I, I wasn't there, but um I do follow the account on Twitter, and I've been tempted to go sometimes. Yeah. But uh, I just want to know, like, uh, how was your experience? How was SizeCon in New Jersey, right? Yeah, it was, uh, it was in, I think it was outside of Newark, mm. or uh, Newark, Jersey. It was really nice. I had not been to a con to sell anything before, or to even give a, to give a panel or anything like that. And they had had us over, uh, so they had me and, me, Haluds, and, uh, or I'm sorry, where, where's, where's my group? Uh, I left it in my <laughs> other pants. Um, so it's Cavities, Holloods, and I got invited. So we went down there and Holloods and I gave a couple panels and um, we all shared a booth and it was really nice. I was, I was very surprised that people came up and uh, recognized the work or they recognized me and, you know, at all. I was very pleased, uh, thoroughly delighted. I was, I was even more delighted that they paid for, for prints because I was like, oh, I don't want to bring prints. You know, who's going you know, to buy any? I was like, I don't want to fool with it. Uh, the foresight on Haluds and her crystal balls. She was like, no, you should definitely like, bring something, right? And I'm like, oh, I don't need, we don't need to do that. That's fine. But yeah, I ended up bringing a bunch of prints and they sold really well. And I was very surprised. Oh, that's great. But, uh, very enthusiastic. And I got to meet uh, Mabo and uh, KG. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with Mabo as well. Oh, yeah. dude, he's so fucking sweet. He's like, he's like eight foot four. And so like, I'm like five, foot, I'm like four, <laughs> I'm like four ten. I'm just kidding. I'm like four five. I'm like, no, I'm five five. So, um. <laughs> always changing right it's, well that's, that's mm-hmm. the kink anyway no um yeah, 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 so he had like missed a train and he came kind of late for the the setting up uh part of it and so he mm-hmm. rocked up like later that night and we were i was walking in i was walking out as he was walking in and i was like oh it's like hey mama i'm like hey good to see you and he goes oh hey, yeah hey and he's like really obviously like really worn out because he was like on a train for like hours longer than he than he wanted to be in like late you know I was about to say he probably traveled the furthest because like he's all the way in Ireland if I'm correct. Not, uh, yeah, I don't know. Mistaken. Uh, I don't know if he. I don't know if he moved to the states or what. But um, it's at least for that he came away for that. Um, 
he was like, oh, he's like, hey, and all that. And I was like, yeah, it's like, oh, you don't, you don't recognize me, do you? And he was like, he's like, no, I'm sorry. What was it? And I was like, oh, it's Tailblazer. And he, he's like, oh, he's like, oh, and he fucking like put his stuff down and he like picked me up off the ground. And I was like, there's a very easy achievement for this man. <laughs> he's, oh, they were so sweet. And KG was nice too. I met a bunch of uh, very, very lovely people. It was nice to get to chat with everybody and put our booths right next to each other. It was, it was very, char- I was very charmed. That's amazing. Um, I'm very excited to go again. And yeah, we demoed the game there as well. So it was nice to get all the feedback too. How big was the uh, attendance this year? I want to say it was, um, I mean, we were talking most of the day, almost the days all weekend. Um, I mean, I, I obviously, I, I didn't sit by the door with a tracker, but, um, I think it must, it couldn't have been, it couldn't have been less than a couple hundred, right? It couldn't have been like, could have been less than 300. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I got to go there one year. It was nice. And I think more people are getting interested, which is nice. Uh, or just that they're, they're hearing that it exists, which I think is a great start to, uh, to a con getting discovered, right? Yeah, I didn't know about it before this year. Mm-hmm. It's been going on for quite a while now, yeah. Yeah, we had done the, the online one in 2020, I think, whenever they had closed it because of the... I remember <clears> Because that, of all yeah. the, the shutdowns. But uh, that was nice, too. I love it because like people will be like, you know, generally friendly and they might know you. That's cool. And then I'll show up to like the ass expansion meetup and then I might as well crowd surf in because everyone's like, oh my God, it's fucking Tailblazer. And I'm like, my, my people <laughs> come to me. I love it so much. It's, it's so much fun. So cool. So if I understood correctly, you've been animating for a long time and then erotic. So I'm kind of just curious of a timeline of like what got you into animation and how did you go down the, yeah. the route into you know, professionally animating erotic stuff. I started doing animation by seeing it on the back of a Crayola box that had a, a little chart on the back. I don't know if you guys remember like the hundred, the hundred crayon packs or whatever. I think it's like 64, I think. And on the back, they usually have something, but uh, it was like the late nine. It was like, yeah, I just, I just looked at the back of the box. It's 1999. So somewhere around 1999, uh, I actually have the crayon box still. I put it, I framed it oh. and put it on my wall. Oh, wow. That's magical. It's the box that I got and I looked at the back and it has like a little diagram on how to animate using like these. It has like, it's like, oh, draw this fish. And then like you have to take these multiple note cards and you draw it moving a little bit each time. And I'm like, huh. And so I got into animating on flip books by, by looking at that. College is a scam. You can just buy yeah, crayons. Just buy crayons. <laughs> like you don't even need, dude, it's fine. Take a lot of loan. Buy that many. Put all the money you were going to put into college, but put it into crayons. Dude, you can never go wrong. How could, how could it fail? <laughs> exactly. One Crayola box equals one Tailblazer. The yeah, simple I, I come with each box. Yeah. And I'm still coming. I'm kidding. Um, so I, uh, I did that. I fooled around with it and like got very interested in it. But, you know, obviously it's just flip books and stuff. You don't know how to fool with it. And then in 20, 2007, I started doing... I got it like my first laptop with like a little pin tablet that you can just draw directly on the tablet mm, mm, mm. Uh, and it hooks up to a screen. And so I started using uh, <laughs> um, Windows Movie Maker and MS Paint. Hell yeah. <laughs> I started uh, animating each frame and then dragging it into Windows Movie Maker and started doing that. There actually is an old channel on YouTube that has all those old ass animations. They're so fucking bad. Ooh. Oh, oh! Can we leak those? Can, As can if we, uh, the hunt is on, everybody. Fuck yeah. y'all. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find it by the end of this episode. I would be, I'd be surprised, and whatever. It's fine. Have fun, everyone. Um, <laughs> the hunt is on. Yeah, check the show notes. See if I did it. <laughs> see if I cracked the case. 
They're so bad. <laughs> I'll say there there is an animation on YouTube on an account I don't even remember what it's called, where I posted an animated robot mm-hmm. that is just so horrendously bad. I'll wake up in like sweat. Just a cold sweat. Scared <laughs> about it existing still. Yeah, it's it's pretty much the same. It's the same thing. I'm pretty sure it's the same person. Yeah. <laughs> tail surface right here yeah that's exactly the same thing have you ever seen tail and milk in the same room <laughs> i haven't we're just moving very fast <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so i started doing that kind of animation in 2007 i think it was and then in 2010 i got adobe flash 2011 2012 so i think it was like 2011 i got like adobe flash and started doing still really ugly uh animation stuff but it you know at least i was using some more modern software I'll go done somehow, you know. I know, I know, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> Adobe Flash. But. Did you ever experiment with other software? I fooled with Toon Boom for exactly like long enough as it took me to open the program oh. and then close the program. I hated Toon Boom. It's just not obviously. If you don't know the program, it makes it difficult to learn. But uh, even knowing it, yeah, <laughs> I'll say it. I think it <laughs> sucks. <laughs> I, it just depends. I mean, I, I just haven't given enough. I'm not going to shake it just because I don't. I don't know it yet, but. uh that's okay. I'm confident. Just I'll get canceled. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, but if you do, if you look on YouTube, there is a guy that if you're on Adobe Animator Flash, there is a guy that switched from Flash to Toon Boom. I don't know if it's Jesse Jones or whoever it is. Mm. They put out tutorials that translates everything from Flash and Animate to Toon Boom to help you transfer your, your, your skill with that Animator Flash better. So that does exist. And I used um, Clip Studio for like I've done a, I've done a couple of things in Clip Studio, but not a lot. Uh, Adobe, part of the reason why I can put things out so fast because I use the same program, uh, Adobe Animate and Flash. So, yeah, makes a big difference. Exactly. I use your comfort zone, you know. And uh, so I was doing safer work all that time, and then 2015, I gotten like laid up in the hospital, and I was like, "Wow, I almost died!" So I got out of the hospital in early 2015, and then like summer of 2015, I was like. Well, you know what? I almost died. At the time, it was like, well, you can either go get a job at a studio or like do something here that's not art, you know, stay in town, do something that's not art and like try to make it work on the side, you know? So I thought, well, that's kind of a bit stupid. So I picked up Not Safe for Work because I was like, well, while I finish school, because I was still in university, uh, while I finish school, I'll, uh, I'll do this on the side, make a bit of money. Um, and then whenever I'm done, I, I'll use it to like get better with anatomy and get better at, at just animating in general. And then whenever I'm graduated, I'll, I'll probably go out and get a job in like Austin or something like that. Cause Austin has a, one of those studios. So that was 2015. And then I got graduated in 2018 and I was like, just making enough to not have to leave town. So I was like, all right, well, I'll keep doing that. I'll say for work thing. And then I think. It was either 2018 or 2019, the Sophia animation that I put out. I can't remember what it was. I think it was 2020, actually. There was a, a, an autumn around there in some of those years where I put out something on Patreon that was an animation, a longer animation that was like two minutes or one minute, I think. And then people like mm. ate it up. And I was like, huh, like, that's crazy. People love that stuff because um, I've been doing art packs from uh, from 2019 to 2020. So, yeah, autumn 2020, I decided to do that Sophia, Sophia's first appearance. And it was just like an ass expansion. And people liked it. And COVID made everyone so horny. Well, it's just, it really <laughs> did help because everyone was like, I'm at my computer and I have this money. And I'm like, hi, I like money. Um, but it's a very, it's very unfortunate how it came about, but very fortunate for business. I suppose my business. But so 
that was 2020. And then in 2021, I made the Dig Dug animation. Oh, yes. It uses Chris and Ellie before they were Chris and Ellie. And then I was like, oh, this got really popular. And then six months later, I think uh, I think I immediately. Oh, yeah. Immediately after started on Barista one, which was finished later that year. And then Barista two, which went from February first uh, week of February 20. Yeah, 2022 to um, mid-December 2022. Barista two released like a year and like two days after Barista one. It was like fun. I was like, oh, it's like the one year anniversary of Barista one. I'm finishing Barista two. Hmm. So now I just do the animation full time and I am very fortunate. Awesome. Now you've got the the game. You're you're really fleshing out oh. the the barista verse. I shook my head. Um <laughs> so Cavi and I became friends last year and we started like chatting and so she's very good with programming and um modeling uh 3D. And so I was like, well, you know what? These animations are doing well enough and I I want to make them faster. So I'm like I I'd like to hire somebody want to do backgrounds. There were just no one, no one like fell into place. So I was like, oh, well, shit. So we were chatting about it and I was like, oh, you know, I like the way you did this 3D right here. You know, it'd be nice to, to do 3D for the backgrounds that looks really 2D because she does a really good cell shaded 3D model that looks 2D, uh, especially when you start putting yeah, yeah. Very talented. effects on it. I, I'm so dazzled with her ability. Excuse me. It's not like I was tearing up. I burped. Anyway, um, <laughs> put in some soft music here, Milk, uh, for the editing. <laughs> and it was, it was just we met. It was a stormy alleyway, and I had just been thrown out of uh, a dick sucking uh, university, and so I was all dried out. I'm kidding. Um, ironically, in the rain. Don't ask. Um, <laughs> I hate that dry rain. <laughs> <laughs> that rain that uh, dehydrates you. That's yeah. horrible. That's nightmarish. <laughs> what Stephen King novel is that? I riddle. <laughs> Some would call some Korean director. We're we're about to make the next next masterpiece. That does sound like that sounds on par. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's uh, King worthy. That's like more like M Night Shyamalan worthy. <laughs> oh, it's uh, yeah. Oh. oh, it's like old. Yeah. <laughs> so so it's bad. I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I was like, oh, wait, why don't you do some? Let's talk about doing some modeling. Uh, I'd like to have something done with Barista Three. We had never like fooled around with it or anything like that. So I was trying to be like. Well, let's do some tests because we've done some tests. It's just like Barista 2 art that's just like hastily thrown in front of like some of her renderings. And it, lo- it looks pretty good for what it is because like it just wasn't. Uh, we were just kind of trying to see if it worked. And so I was like, all right, well, it can kind of work. So I think it was February of this year. We were like, well, let's fool around and get a. Uh... She was talking about wanting to make a game. And then she said like mm-hmm. a dating sim is easy to make. And then I thought, well, I'll tell you what we should as a joke, we should make a barista game that's like a it just baits you into thinking there's a full game and we weren't going to charge for it. it was just gonna be like a joke that we put out for free and like you click on it, you're like oh my god i'm so excited oh it was gonna be like three frames that were just my drawings on top of her modelings i don't know i really don't know how it snowballed but it snowballed and we we're like well let's do let's do one path for ellie and so it was like a full path for ellie and i was like well i'll tell you what let's do one for so i couldn't decide like which one to do i was like should we do Sophia Giantess or like Ellie with this expansion or this other character with this? And then because originally Ellie and Jin weren't going to be in the Barista game. Um, it was just going to be these three characters. Yeah, it was going to be Chris and Sophia and that Autumn character, which is the newer, the newest of any of them. So eventually we were like, oh, well, let's let's just stick Jin in here. Let's do more for Ellie and let's just make a full game out of it because it's taken up a lot of time and the renders are looking really good. Let's do something with it. So like, okay, well, that was 
April, we started knocking that out. And then we put the game out a couple weeks ago or last week, rather. Here in July. Yeah. Quick turnaround. It was uh, it's a lot. It's it took up a lot of time, but that's the benefit of having the Patreon. So thanks to all the patrons for sure. I truly love how creative people are like, let's do a joke that then consumes our whole life and (laughs) make something amazing. We stick to the bit, you know, it's the objective is to test the the backgrounds with the foreground so that Barista 3 can look the best that it can look. Right. Mm. Because otherwise we would have just tested it for Barista 3. It might have fallen apart and we would have had to slap something together. But now we've got the game out. It looks really good. Like, okay, cool. Now we can focus on making it look damn good for the the third burst animation. And then we're going to apply that same technique to an upcoming series uh, that's going to be coming up after Barista. Ooh, dang. A lot of projects in the pipeline. I had just put a, a poll up on Patreon that was asking, hey, what do you guys want to see next? And it was just listing a bunch of animations that I was working on. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even all of them. And it was like, I think it was somewhere around like nine animations that I listed. I was like, which ones do you, which, what do you guys want to see? Because I'll just, I'll just hammer out ideas that I think are hot. Mm-hmm. And then I'll kind of like let them sit. And then be like, all right, which here's what here's what I've got. What do you guys want to see? Because the Patreon gets to vote. I think it's the best way to keep people interested. Engagement, yeah. Is that they get a say in what you do and and you've set yourself up to where any of these options are hot to you, so it doesn't matter, you know. Nymphomercial gets one vote in that that pie. Uh, maybe I'll see what our collective community <laughs> wants to use our vote on. <laughs> So polls within polls, you know, a vote for a vote. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Nympho crowd. <laughs> what do we want to vote on with our, our one stake? <laughs> Nymphos unite. I'm seeing here 1600 votes already. Pretty. Is it? Is it really? Impressive. I haven't even read it. Jesus. So 1602. And, and you posted this two days ago at 421 a.m. Right after you, you hit that <laughs> joint, I'm guessing. No, I, I don't fool with any of that. But I. um. I wake up early because it's the easiest to work for me. So I usually wake up around 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I notice you message me all the time in like the early hours when I just haven't gone to sleep yet. It's very convenient. <laughs> I have a lot of people because I used to do that, too. I used to back in like 2019, which is like my slump year. Uh, right after I graduated, I went to like that post grad slump. I, uh, I used to stay up till like four or five. I used to go for a run at like three in the morning and then just stay up late and then not the trade-off was i didn't get anything fucking done so i didn't hit my oh. my schedule now until 2020s when i really start pursuing that see i i get more stuff done when i'm i'm under the stars right there with van gogh <laughs> i do the same thing but i just do it from the other side of the clock <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you need the one big star right we just big meet star? in the middle yeah so I mean, you have the Patreon, which which funds things and I'm sure in, inspires to keep going. But I, I'm really just curious what keeps you pushing, going, because it sounds like you've had to rework your schedule. Uh, you're working with other people, so you have to, you know, be courteous to their time schedules and meet demands. Yeah. How as a just a creative person, do you really manage to keep on top of that stuff and keep motivated? Well, I don't. Uh, I'm kidding, but the, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just like what, cause I feel bad cause I, I do a lot of, I have a lot of things going on where it's like, Oh, a lot of animations, like the comic, for instance, that we were talking about before we started recording, or it's like this work for this other person that needs to get done, but they didn't pay for it yet. So it's like up in the air mm. and it's a bunch of stuff like that, where it's like, I get very enthusiastic. I, I don't know. It's probably because I've been shit for so long. Like I, I really don't consider the work that strong up until maybe, um, 
maybe right after Barista One, I think the animating is like really good. I think it's, I'm like, oh, okay, this is like notable. Like, okay, mm. I I enjoy this myself. This is like good stuff. Like, I'm happy to show this around. But I spent like what seven, six, seven years getting to that point. So now I'm at the point. I'm like, well, don't drop the ball now, you know. Yeah. So it's just exciting to be able to finally have that reception because that Patreon didn't do well up until like 2020, you know. Uh, I think my first, the first four months of that Patreon being open back in 2017, I think it made no money. And the first month it made money, it was like $32.72, I think it was, um, something like that. And so like, I'm, I'm used to this, these things just not, they're like slow burn, they don't do well. So it's like, all right. But these days it is like, there's a crowd for it, the people are receptive and I appreciate the connection. So I think as opposed to other artists that may only do this as a side gig. So they're, they're dealing with all their, that other life stress, which is very, uh, they're, they're very tough for putting up with that at the same time, I think. But as opposed to that, I don't really, my focus is the art as opposed to trying to make the artwork, if that makes any sense. I think it's fun to tie that, that, I guess that sexual expression with like that valid art form with, and now I'm trying to tie in, well, what can I do with the Brista series is like almost straight porn. It's like, it's very porn. It's kind of softcore because it's not really like penetration, but you know, it's like porn. But then like the next series I want to work on, I'm like, all right, well, let's see if I can, let's, let's dial it back. Can I do like 60% kink and 40% like, what if the character, what if you actually gave a shit about the characters? <laughs> um, but I think I really want to try like more character writing. So it's just like that excitement for trying to push the, pro- trying to push the, the process and the product and the art and the form, whatever. That pursuit is really exciting. I'm really hoping by Bombshell 3, we know which of the girls like has some problems with the IRS, you know, get that. <laughs> That background. That's fucking goofy. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> I think it's funny. The, I wrote out Barista 3 already, and I think there's going to be a part two as well, but I wrote out the first part at least. And um, it's, I know what it is. I mean, it's not going to be some deep thing, right? I mean, it, it, it really just, I don't think it's made for. I think it's the wrong, I think it's the wrong paint job, honestly. But I think that there's a good, a good chance for some, Slightly, slightly better character uh, writing. Call me crazy, but I would like to play into that more. And I think the game is a good example of that. Like the, it's like it's like the beta version of that. Just like, oh, these what are these characters up to? Like, oh, they're they're starting to like have more personality. That's that, that differentiate themselves. It's really fun to see it come together. And so I'm really excited to put that in the animation, which I'm most comfortable in because I'm not very comfortable in the video game designing aspect or in that field rather. I am very jazzed about animating and making the things move and making you feel things for these characters. I think that's the, the whole smoke and mirrors is very exciting for me. I think that's like one of the most rewarding things that can happen if you have any type of OC is just like someone latching onto it and like knowing a thing about them that's not pivotal to what they're for. Mm -hmm. Just a personal detail about them. Uh, Best thing in the world, I'd say. Mm. I just, I don't know. It's, it's just such a fun, it's a fun opportunity because it's just like, I mean, any, any writer will tell you, but it's like, you get to plug into this character and you get to like play it up and do a joke or do this, play it up in a way that's like, it's exciting to, to tackle in art, you know? Uh, it's, it's like, oh, how, how does Jin react? Like, oh, what, why does Jin do this stuff? And you can just, it's just a blank. You can just fill that in. It's like Mad Lib. It's really, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, why is Jen doing this? She interacts with Ellie like this. Why is that? It's just like this. I'm I'm excited to fool with it. And it's fun to have the game tap on it a little bit. Well, here's the big question. Just uh, stand on this X. This big red X here. Okay. 
a spotlight on. Who painted this here? Yes. Who's who's the favorite child? <laughs> favorite OC? Um, I. Uh, for I answered this recently. Someone asked, like, who's your favorite OC character to do? Who's your favorite non-OC character to draw? Um, I. I mean, if you're asking me as like just like for the sake of like thirst, I, I have one that I I don't think I've done. I think I've only drawn her twice. There's a one called Charlotte. She's very difficult to draw because she has like stripes and shit on her. And she's just mm -hmm. got a design that I don't think other people would care for. So I don't draw her much. But she's uh, she's one that I like. I'm starting to like Jen a lot, too. Jen's really fun to do just because I'm finally getting the hang of Jen. And I think she's she's looking really good for the game, but especially for what I'm doing in Barista 3. Um, the, the expressions you put on Jin are always very great and fun, too. They're very Chuck. Now, those are very Chuck Jones, those expressions. Um, the When she has the phone and she's in the back room and it's like that very it's, it's just the Grinch. I'm just copying the Grinch. Um, yeah, it's very fun to pull those <laughs> off. I, lo I love expressive characters because I, uh, I, I find subtle animation is great, but I think it's very, very satisfying to pull off like a good a good solid expression that's not too much but it's it's just it's just enough if that makes any sense personally i think subtle is the perfect train to build up to something over the top yeah. when it comes to expression and animation i have a bunch of like anime influenced expressions as i'm sure you both have seen because everything else in that game is very anime like the expressions um mm. so when it comes time to do like a more uh, a less a less, I guess, chibi kind of expression. It's very exciting because I'm, I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll do this thing that I I really like to do whenever Chuck Jones does. I'm like, oh, great. I get to do a little homage or something that's just more exciting to me. That's less like in your face. Like, look at this this smiley that looks like a, a colon D. Like, oh, neat. <laughs> you got like the room for such imagination there. It, it's, uh, it's fun. It's just uh, I've been doing kooky expression stuff for a long time, so it's fun to actually see it pull off. I guess pull together rather. One of the things that really impresses me about your work when it comes to expressions Maybe, please. is how you show such a, a, a mastery for off model expressions, you know, things that like turn a face into a Muppet, essentially. Oh, no. uh, <laughs> but you, you show such a mastery of it that you can break it down to its simplest form and it still reads so well. It's just like impressionism of expressions almost. It's just like you're getting like the just the very blunt stroke of that impression it really doesn't matter how accurate it's just so you sell the effect right but i mean you still have both ears and managed to pull this off so <laughs> stop <laughs> look at you we uh, guess who went to art school <laughs> <laughs> yeah hey you know what fifteen thousand dollars down the drain gotta gotta use as much as i can that was the best hooker i'm yes you're yes correct <laughs> Gotta flex that knowledge somehow. Should have bought crayons. <laughs> Should have bought crayons. That, that can be the name of the episode. <laughs> Just kidding. Just gonna do uh, the cover cover piece for this episode all in crayon work. I like how you say crayon. You're like crayon. Crayons. Crayon. Yeah. It's like saying crayfish. Longtime fans of the show know I can't say any word. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I find your English is getting so good. You're getting so good with it. Come on. Why would you say that? Oh, thanks. Oh, I, I only have four and a half years worth of high school English credits. Well, hey, at least it feels like six. You're really pulling it off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. OK, so have you ever thought about trying crayon again, like just for funsies? Um, I do a lot of traditional medium. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the watercolors and all that since you're on the Patreon. It's actually concept work for that upcoming series. I've, I've been doing it in watercolor to practice. Oh, 
that's yeah, it's, that's a very simple example of it. But um, I'll do traditional stuff all the time. The closest thing I've done to crayon is like, it's almost like a China marker, I think. Mm. It's almost like a crayon. Uh, I don't use them much because it's just very, unless you were just fucking with me, you didn't actually want an answer, but, uh, no, I, <laughs> I don't actually, fuck. that's what we do on this show. We just fuck with that's people. That's what I love this, yeah, like, yeah. this yeah. motherfucker. Um, I'm actually not going to release this. Just waste yeah. your time. Oh my God. Oh, I'm just kidding. Uh, here, I'll share with you this. This is what that background is. So this is like an idea of like what I like to do with the watercolors. And I actually did a, uh, I did this at SizeCon, this one that I'm, I'm sending you right now. You're free to show these if you'd like. I don't care. I don't know if you do visuals. I believe this is a banner on one of your uh, Yeah, accounts, I think it's right? my Twitter banner, actually. I, I did this while people were watching, and I was very fucking nervous. I was like, because I don't do watercolors live. I do them <laughs> in the, the comfort of my own little desk that's touching this room. God. I mean, like, sometimes I go on stream and there's, like, you know, a couple of people. But, like, you know, to see all those people physically in front of you, that's, like... <laughs> That's probably a different atmosphere. I don't mind digital. I think streaming digitally is very easy to to manage people. Oh yeah, totally. But I think whenever they're in person, it's like it's so sweaty because like you could just fuck <laughs> up. At least I don't know. It's it's like you just fuck up, and now they have to just watch you erase some shit or like just fuck up, and you're like, all right, that's just that's just the vibe, sis. There's no control Z. <laughs> I've learned the trick is fuck up a lot. You know, just learn they think to. It's just you. They're like, "Wow, he's so impressionistic, <laughs> yeah. so abstract." What could it be? There's so many pros and cons. I think when it comes to like in person versus digital, because like as someone who's briefly done stuff on a, a theater stage, that there is something magical about having an audience just like laugh in your face uh, in a good way. The way that you meant to, you mean the way that you meant for them to, not like. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's very satisfying. Uh, but I guess for erotic, it's a little different. You don't want them to uh, experience the eroticism in view sight, I guess. If, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's um, I, this is pretty tame. But yeah, I, I know what you're saying. But uh, it's definitely it was nice at SizeCon. There was definitely like a level of maturity. It was nice that it wasn't so much like thirsty fucking dudes or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah. Um, that you think of when you think of like, ah, 1990s con where it's just a bunch of sweaty comic book people in a basement somewhere like no it was really nice like had a bunch of uh people of all sorts walking up and just being very respectful and uh the people that were thirsty were at least very chill like they were just like openly thirsty in a very in a very calm and easy to handle way and i was like that's cool dude i'm like team high five yeah <laughs> yeah let's talk about ass and i'm like neat <laughs> if you're going thirst know how to gauge your room they definitely uh they were well behaved i was very gold star for the size con people um but no it's very nice to sounds like a good vibe it was nice um i'm actually looking forward I'm, I'm a bit of an antisocial i don't like talking which i know is exactly the opposite of what i said when i got in here but i just didn't want you to feel bad um, <laughs> Man, and I, I had you scheduled for another 10 episodes oh my goodness oh, that's great i'm looking i am looking so forward i want to die i'm looking so forward to coming in here uh, no i'm just kidding that'll be fine though uh but it was nice just to get to chat with everybody. And uh, I have no idea how we got on this topic, but that's the pin I'll put into it. On the topic, kind of um, having like a, a growing reception to, to all of your content. And I, I know you mentioned the polls, but like other than that, has that influenced your work at all? I get enthusiastic whenever other people are enthusiastic. That's why it's Hell if yeah. I'm ever doing if I'm ever doing mm. a collaborative effort. It's that feedback loop. And the oh, yeah, well, it's exactly. But if I'm ever doing something and like the other person just isn't like into it or isn't returning the same enthusiasm, like it'll usually fall through. Mm. Or I have to like something to to really nail it. 
For instance, like if I'm doing like a trade and the other person's like just as thirsty as me for this thing, I'm like, oh, fucking let's go. <laughs> like when Villaru and I trade, it's very exciting because we're both very enthusiastic. Um, maybe I guess in, in the terms that you're thinking, for instance, like Dark Hat Boy, I've really interacted with because he's really chill and we, we get along very well. And he'll come in the streams and we'll we'll chat back and forth like interactions like that. It'll, I'll, I might I might lean more towards like hypno stuff. And I've gotten like more into hypno stuff. It's really fun the way he pulls it off and it's really close to tf so it really hits a lot of the same it just hits a lot of the same things that i like so that's why i'm kind of a basic bitch when it comes to kink because i do like all this this basic stuff that's found in all of these kinks so that's why it all resonates so if i find someone who's enthusiastic and then i get enthusiastic i'm like all right yeah i'll give it a go yeah so that's why people are like yeah i feel like tailblazer just can't uh can't pick a kink and i'm like well i i did <laughs> pick a kink but it's just in everything <laughs> yeah i feel like we want not we, but a lot of people will want like a content creator to kind of pick a niche and stick to it. I think there are plenty of those. They can go to them. Yeah, exactly. Like the variety of people who do variety uh, is good. You know, yeah, there's there's so many people that will just stick to the one trusted thing, which isn't bad. We love them, too. But oh, yeah, I, mean, I think it's totally valid. But if they can find a way to keep hitting that same mark over and over and still find satisfaction. I think that's fine. Yeah. Um, but I think for myself, I have a lot of trouble like, Oh, finding a new way to draw that ass. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, great. How am I, how am I going to draw the two orbs this time? I, I can't imagine, <laughs> but it's just like, I'll do it just cause it's fun for me. So that's in terms of like, for instance, like ass expansion stuff, it is very easy to do because I do enjoy it a lot. And I like a lot of aspects of that <laughs> aspects. Of um i like a lot of uh elements of that. noise here <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah so i like a, a lot of elements of that and so it's like yeah, i can i'll knock it out over and over again that's fine i like to have other things where it's like size content or shrinking or uh if it's inanimate tf and it's like finding ways to get the other stuff that you want uh, whatever funky stuff you want to draw it's like just getting that that expression out and finding that new form to get it out. And I think that's exciting. So uh, if other people are thoroughly satisfied with, with the one kink, I think that's just as valid. I really think your enthusiasm and fun you're having with all this carries over so heavily. Like, I, I think it's in every single frame. Really? Well, maybe maybe not that like 28th frame, but all the other ones <laughs> definitely show. That's goofy. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you're not having fun. How the fuck is the audience supposed to have fun? Right. Truly. Exactly. It's like you're not you're not going to be able to capture it. It's going to show in the frames and it's going to translate to the audience. and They're going to know that you're a fucking fake. <laughs> you're just faking it. I mean, even for this, I have fun every time we record an episode yeah. and I wouldn't do it otherwise. No, I think that's a great. I mean, I, I mean, how the fuck? Because if you're talking to me and, and you're not enthused, how am I going to be? I'll be like, oh, well, he didn't want to be here. And it's like. You have to at least be able to fake it. <laughs> I guess we'll interview this really talented animator. Oh, don't do that, Zeev. Um, <sighs> yeah, it's just, uh, I think the enthusiasm is important, especially with animation, where I think with stills, you can kind of mail it in a little bit, because having done a bunch of stills for a while, you can kind of like fake it for the one drawing. You're like, all right, I'll, I'll study this one drawing and get it together. But for animation, it's like that whole process, that whole time, you have a lot of time to be thinking about it and being like what's the action make sure you get it what's going into this drawing what's going into these frames how is it going to move how's it going to how's it going to give the illusion of thought and action and you need to sell that you need to sell it right now you know in this moment which is a really i imagine i like that i say this and then people are just like coming on the screen as i'm saying this. <laughs> 
not to downplay adult uh, animation, but I think I'm going really hard for something. Oh yeah, I, I think you're you're really setting some bars when it comes to adult animation, and I, I love seeing it. You know what? If every adult animation I ever see from now on has like good tweening, maybe even a smear frame, I'll be so happy. <laughs> good tweening. I try to keep it to a solid level of quality, obviously. Oh, not yes, darling. Not to break episode structure, but I meant to ask. You you do like uh, keyframes and tweening, right? For your animation? Yeah, I don't do um tweens. Uh, I'll do them for like the joke. You mean like just letting the like setting the keyframes, letting the computer slide it around? No, no, no. Like the hand drawn in betweens, still tweening. I, I'm curious, like how often or how much do you usually have between keyframes that you have to fill in after the fact? Um, very niche animation question that might alienate the audience, <laughs> but I. I love knowing this stuff. Well, how do you mean? Like, how rough do I leave it? Or I guess how many key, how many in-betweens you mean? How many in-betweens? Uh, I might be assuming Well, it depends much. what the action is, right? Um, so it's just like if someone's just swapping like expressions or their hands are moving a little bit, like moving up and down just to indicate like a, a simple gesture. It's like, cool, whatever, five, six frames. It doesn't matter. Now, if it's like a full motion, if it's like full body motion, stuff like that, you're looking at like anywhere from like 20, 30 frames, depending on what the action is. Are they running somewhere? Where are they running? Like, where, where are they going on the screen? How, how are they going? Like, for instance, one of the shots in Barista 2 was Jin getting hit by uh, Nyx's ass and shot into the air, and she spins around in the air in the next shot. I don't know if you remember that. Mm. But she didn't. Rim shot noises. But so uh, that shot was a bunch of just single... <laughs> single and double frames that were just very difficult because her body rotates in like complete complete 360 and then over under it's very it was very try hard and it didn't have to be but i was like but no i'm try hard so i'm gonna do it (laughs) um but it was very exciting to be able to pull that off uh but it was a bunch of ones but it just depends on the shot is what i'm trying to say right Mm. i just i know some people that are so like formula they're like i have to have five in betweens but between my keyframes. No, I'm a bit too stupid for that. I can't do all that. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you. I, it's been ages since I've really animated, but like, boy, howdy, do I only use like maybe two in-betweens and just try to like straight ahead so oh, yeah. much stuff that I shouldn't? Well, it's just, I don't know. You think you can do it and you're like, all right. And say, so, hey, you know what? Sometimes you can. And you're like, all right, this was cool. Great. And then sometimes you're like, wow, I really should have like literally done anything close to the, the correct process, but I didn't. And here we are now. And I'm just going to make it work now. Hey, I mean, if you fuck it up the first time, you have a rough map of how to kind of go forward the next time. <laughs> Not to sound like a after school special, but it's about the friends you made along the way. <laughs> yeah, maybe the real coming were the friends. The real we made. coming. I came friendship. <laughs> <laughs> Any rotation in animation just oozes flavor and the fact that you're like i'm just gonna throw this in porn uh i appreciate <laughs> i think porn has a lot of opportunity to be shit right because it's just like oh i'm just here to come but it's like whatever i mean it's it has just as much opportunity as um safer work to be shit because you can just you can just be lackluster at safer work that's fine but i'm like but what if we took our not safe work and we, and we competed with actual solid stories yeah i mean what's game of thrones <laughs> what is what is game of thrones exactly truly People appreciate effort, whether they're coming or not. They might not even know that they that they're that's what they're getting, but they're just like they're connecting with that piece more. And I think inherently you being stronger on the art side does inherently connect more with the audience, whether they might know it or not. 
and then they're getting that that interaction with that piece regardless you know i think when it comes to animation so much of it is uh subliminal to an audience enjoying it they, they'll know something's off when they see something that skips some of the things that make a quality animation yeah but they won't realize it in a way that they can verbalize yeah, it i agree yeah yeah it's uh it's a fun challenge that's part of the thing that keeps me going whenever you ask me like oh how do you how do you keep going and it's like well that's it just trying to capture that is the fun of it it's the whole game you know yeah not to be too artsy about it you were saying <laughs> so understandable if you can't leak too much but any any future projects we can get some insight on um i'd like to do more with uh that Nero character um people really enjoyed the the few animations that i have put out with her but i'd like to do something uh longer with her just because I, I do think it's a good opportunity to have some a character that's not inherently uh kinky that we can do kinky shit with but then we can just do safe work stuff that's just really charming that gets you invested to that character um and not be just fucking let's <laughs> not be quite as porn as barista Mm-mm. yeah i'd like to do more with that what would you uh want to do in the future like what would be your big like uh you know unlimited funding unlimited time what would you like to work on uh i would just work on something with Nero, actually <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> all the opportunity in the world and that's it also it's literally what i'm doing now but it's just uh more efficient and like large scale like i wouldn't mind just live in the dream. <laughs> I'm I'm doing all right, but it's just like it'd be nice to be able to hire animators to to pay animators like what they fucking deserve and the background artists and whatever what they deserve and the colorists. Um to be able to have like that larger team that would be able to get those larger products out so that people don't have to wait six, seven months for something to come out. Like we could have it out just like just like they did for fucking Looney Tunes, where it's like, oh, it takes six weeks and we banged it out, bang, there it is. The, the power of a team yeah it's really exciting but you know uh i don't want to jinx it but you know we're doing well enough so we're looking to uh be on the road to efficiency team wise so that's why i'm glad that the game at least went over well and now we're on to the next step which will be the burst animation for the third time is there anything that you're dying to hand over to a team because you just hate it in the process um i don't like coloring um Really? I, I don't like, well, I just, I like doing the first frame, but not coloring all my frames, you know? It's like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I like, yeah, I like, yeah. choo- I like choosing the colors and all that, but uh, it's just like, I don't like all the tedious shit, obviously. Same thing with like backgrounds. I love doing backgrounds. They're really fun to do, but there are just so many of them that I'm like, I don't need to prove myself. I'll give this to somebody else. That's fine. So I wouldn't mind doing, for instance, I have all this damn concept art. And that's what's really nice about having cavities on is that. I've been doing all this concept art. So when we do get to the next project, it'll be like, oh, here's all this work I've been doing for the whole year. Um, Cause I've been doing all these watercolors for the last year. And so it's nice to be able to have that, that backlog and putting that together and being able to hand that out scene by scene, being able to hand that out to cavities to be able to model or eventually have more people on to help her model so that we can have that level of efficiency or start to at least get near it. Um, it's very exciting. I'm also planning on putting out all those watercolors in a book, an art of a uh, book, much in the vein of the Ghibli books. Oh, that'd be so cool to see. Just like a, a little collector's edition. Yeah, I'll be doing, I'm doing a safe work version for obviously my safe work that is just like all the, the safe work watercolors that's ju- that are just like coffee table 
ish. So I think that would, I think that would sell well on my safe work. And you'll sign our copy, right? For the, the HQ copy That's absolutely table. fine. I would love to do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I also want to do a not safe for work version that is just all the Nehru stuff and all the watercolors, like all that stuff that I sent you just now um, and all the fun stuff, like what I did at SizeCon, just kind of like talking about what the year encompassed and then the thought process that's going into all that. All, I guess all these these paths of thought that are going into the, into the art and the the making of these characters and backgrounds and scenes and sets and whatnot. But yeah. So a long-winded question for, or I guess a long-winded answer to your very short question. <laughs> I love it though. Just to know that uh, these behind the scene things are coming out actually makes me very excited. I think we need more of that. You know, one day I hope we, we get the budget here at Nymphomercial where we can like do full behind the scene things with artists to like, you know, show show all that work but then also get the like hd camera of them slaving over a little ipad <laughs> i think memes aside i think it's very fun we've been kind of like documenting what we've been doing and it's been very fun to be able to do that and i have like polaroids of the desk and stuff as we've been doing more because <laughs> i do the watercolors and i pin them on the wall so I, i'm like slowly covering up the wall with all these watercolors that's rad and then by the, <laughs> end, the, by the end of the year that it should take up this whole section of wall I think it's fun, but also it adds so much value to artists, you know, being able to see behind the mm-hmm. scenes stuff is primarily my source of artistic growth, mm-hmm. I'd say. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's something I never considered because it's like, I didn't even do that for myself for the longest time. Like I, I didn't pin my own art on the wall. I didn't see the importance of it. Cause you're like, obviously that your first thought is like, you know, if I think if you're unhealthy, your first thought is like, well, that's cocky. Oh, you shouldn't put your own art up like that. Um, and I used to think that too, but it's just like, uh, now I have in this room that I'm sitting in now, I have all my digital safe work and not safe, safe work uh, pinned up around here. And then in the other room is the traditional art room. And then I've got all those watercolors and sketches on the wall there. Um, and it's just been really nice because you'll be working on something like um, the thing that I just did with near walking across the walking across the log. I don't know if you guys saw that, but I actually conveniently have it right here. So oh, yeah. I had just crossed a year from last year when I had done a, a drawing just like it. And I was like, well, you know what? I'll do another one. And so like that led to this new drawing that looks better and has Nero in it. So now it's a nice piece of like Nero concept art. And I wouldn't have done that if I hadn't had this drawing in front of me to like just stare at a little bit and be like, how far have you come? I'm like, oh, damn, look at that. And it's like right next to this drawing from 2019. So it's like just little milestones of how far you can go in a short amount of time. So how far you should go in the next couple of years, you know, it's just uh, motivating. I think every artist needs to inflate their ego a little yeah. bit because uh, the results often help your your art. <laughs> I think it's just, I don't know, you can, you have so much potential as an artist. It, it's a shame to not, to not utilize it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you have to get yourself there. Like you have to put the work in and put the effort in and push yourself. And it's like a, it's a daily task, you know, but. You, you can't just use stale diffuser. <laughs> <laughs> anyway i have to go <laughs> no um but no it's, it's just really satisfying and it's a healthy it's a healthy self self-satisfaction it's like you got yourself you put in the work so you can sit here and take a step back and be like oh you know i did it yeah and i'll keep going because of it so yeah i wish more artists did that kind of stuff but i feel like we're they either do it in the way that it is cocky and they're like i'm so fucking good and i'm like you can't draw a hand, honey. Like, what are we talking about right now? <laughs> um, or they just don't, they don't believe in themselves at all. So I wish we had more people in the middle. I have to share something I saw that was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. On 4chan, someone it was posted a, doors, wasn't it? a drawing they did. Yeah. So it was on 4chan D, someone posted a drawing they did. And they're like, 
is this like Twitter quality or do you think I'm ready to get like an art pad? And everyone was like, hey, you're doing great. You're just going to get better. It's never too early to like start digital and keep practicing. And like the amount of support to this person who was, I would say, fairly new to like anatomy and stuff, but but nailing it. Uh, it was beautiful. Yeah. So I, I feel like the erotic scene has changed in uh, consumer to artist relationships with support like that. And yeah. Yeah. Obviously, I wasn't around, uh, you know, before the last couple of years, but uh, it seems very supportive. I mean, there's a lot of I think that the pools are just getting larger where it's like, yeah, you have a shit ton of positive people, but a shit ton of toxic people. And I think it's easier now to find the the positive people these days as opposed to. You might have woken up from being blacked out and then you're like, oh, shit. And you wake up in the toxic sludge that is 4chan, uh, the unmoderated 4chan, let, let me say. But I think it's easier to be like, oh, you know, I'll go to these positive Discord servers where it's constructive. It's not like a jerk off session, but it's also it's constructive and it's not cocky. I think that's the best uh, the best balance. Yeah. Uh, anyone listening who's like, oh, I don't know if I should reply to this pornographic content that's posted on Twitter. Do it. Praise them. Let them know that you liked it. Yeah. I mean, I always do this, the cutest fucking thing when I'm like scrolling through and I'll see like, it is just the horniest, like her gaping assholes taking the largest cock. And I'm just like, oh, wow, the hands look really good. And I'll go in and be like, hey, these hands look really good. Tip, tap, tap, tap. <laughs> and I'll be like, man, I feel like a loser. I feel like they just want me to look at her asshole. <laughs> I feel like, you know, an, an artist uh, of rock nation spending so much time on every part of it. Uh, to comment on something that's not the erotic focus is still like a huge uh, ego boost because, you know, they did also draw those hands. Yeah. Well, it's just when someone's doing such a good job, it's just it's so satisfying to see someone else pushing it. And so you're keeping other artists enthusiastic by doing your thing and then they're doing their thing. And you're just kind of going off on each other. It's really um, the symbiotic relationship is uh, is really satisfying. Not to be too artsy about it. <laughs> What uh, advice would you uh, give to aspiring artists out there? Like, because you're like such a, well, let's say like successful yeah. artist, but also like a very much a, a pioneer in a certain like animation of the Nazi American. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm saying it, so it must be true. <laughs> Maybe in like the crowdfunded uh, domain, because I, I find obviously I think that's newer just because Patreon's like pop has just popped off in the last you know, number of years. I mean, yeah, yeah. but also the quality of your animation and the fluidness and like of Western erotic. Just is... you fucking wait. If you think that's good, just you fucking wait. <laughs> I'm just saying there are not many erotic Western artists doing 2D quality at your caliber. Mm -hmm. So embrace it. You're top in charts. Well, no, I appreciate the, the positive. Uh, I appreciate the positive feedback. Um, I like to I keep pushing myself, but I, I take the, the compliments when I get them. Thank you. As opposed to what some people are, what some of my friends think, they think I'm very negative. I don't take a lot of compliments, but I, I know what I'm good at and I appreciate the compliments when I get them. <laughs> just link this every time they say you don't take I them. just, well, I don't because people on Twitter will be like giving a compliment. I'll be like, oh, well, thank you. And I'll be like, high five. But uh, I don't, I don't like to, I wait for specific people to compliment me. <laughs> <laughs> it's my praise kink i need this yes <laughs> no, i'm just kidding um for young artists um uh shit uh for not safe work artists practice uh, it's, it's it's young 18 plus. yeah for younger you know consenting adults 
it's I mean, it's, it's just the most cliche, but I wouldn't even say practice. I'd say focused practice. Um, because if you just practice, you'll just draw whatever comes to mind, which isn't really, you're not really learning. You're just kind of like knocking the rust off every now and then. But it's like, if you focus and you're like, well, what's working here and what's not working and start looking at it like that and making it a fun achievement instead of a job to be done in terms of making the art to your satisfaction. I think that's the best formula. That's just for me, at least if I was talking to like a younger me, um, because that's just what I'm doing now where it's like, yeah, well, you know, cut your losses. If this thing doesn't quite work, just analyze what doesn't work about it so that you can see it before you get to it. It's like drawing without an eraser. It's like, you're going to draw really light so that you can see what you're doing before you make that, that misstep. And so you can catch yourself and you can jump right back on track before you get a chance to really fuck up. Um, and it's getting that way with, yeah, with the definitely art. never be afraid to take a new direction every now and yeah, then. You I know? think that's also part of it. I think, I think just figuring out what you're doing and then not being afraid to like turn and bend, you know, whenever you see the opportunity, I think it's fine. But just, uh, that focused practice is really something that, cause people just say practice a lot. And I'm like, that's not really, people don't know what the fuck you're talking about. It's like, what are you learning? Like, <laughs> you're just setting them loose. Are you taking a week? Are you learning about faces? Are you learning about hands? Like I have a sheet of hands right next to me that's on this wall. And it's like, I took that week to learn about hands and like what makes them work and like what, and then right next to it's like a, a, a gouache painting of a, of an old moped. Cause I was like, well, what's this seemingly complicated machine that has a bunch of little parts, like little spokes, little, little bits of metal and pipes and everything tubes. And it's like, well, how can you simplify that and break it down and get your eye used to seeing these things and breaking it down? Same thing with like anatomy and like kink art, any kind mm. of art, but like kink art too. Uh, we're talking about not safe work artists, just finding those ways to make it to where it's like that second nature. You're not even thinking about it anymore. You're just doing it, you know? That's the fastest way so you can fail yeah, faster yeah. and get, get through there faster. Like you said, the eye, you know, you're not just training your hand to draw. You have to train your eye. It's that connection. It really is. And people discredit it all the time because especially in like the digital age where we're not used to using, um, I guess, when we're not used to going out and like using live models and using traditional medium, it's a much more hands-on feeling. Um, people discredit actually, mm. I guess it's like it's less, they feel like it's like, oh, it's less effort. I can just, and I'm like, no, just literally put the exact same amount of effort you would have put into it. Just do it digitally. It's fine. Just know why you're doing it. Know what you're using. Know why you're making these shapes, these forms, what people's eyes are going to pick up as the viewer and what you're putting down as the, as the, the artist. But yeah. Before I get on the long ass artist yeah. rant of that there, that's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get your, your Ted talk, uh, art class on a, another I really stream. don't mind talking about it. It's very fun, but I just, I find it's, it might be a drag to people who just want the easy answer of like, Oh honey, you don't need practice. You're that good. And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> gotta dish out that reality check you know well it's just it's it's just like a firm a firm little pat on the back like let's get you and let's move them forward like there's not there's no reason to be rude but like fuck me I don't, I don't want your entire cock in my mouth yeah yeah constructive positivity you know no just a little bit just a little bit of dick <laughs> just a little just a just tip. The tip oh <laughs> just a little dick just a taste so tail, uh, you know, everyone's been hearing about all this, this great art and I'm sure a lot of people have just like Googled mm -hmm. you already, uh, but where can people find you um, and your, your, your amazing crafts <laughs> of eye candy um, and motion. Oh gosh. Well, if you're looking, uh, my favorite cesspit <laughs> is Twitter, but you know, these days it's unreliable, but if you are the Twitter sword, it's, uh, at tailblazer art with no dashes, um, just tailblazer art. And then patreon.com forward slash tailblazer without the dash is also 
where you can find a bunch of my stuff. That stuff's not for free. So all the free stuff is on Twitter and Itaku and DeviantArt. But yeah, so. And my email is, uh, I'm st- <laughs> What's your home address? <laughs> Street address. <laughs> my fax number is, uh, I'm sorry, June's over. That was on me. Sorry. sorry. Uh, you know what? With all the censorship, uh, we need to bring back a uh, faxing pornography. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah, I'm waiting two hours for that titty. <laughs> Here comes the day. <laughs> it's like the good old days of like waiting for the image to load on the screen. That's exactly what I was thinking of. It was like making the dial-up sound like a gong, a gong. All of us uh, at our age range, we we accidentally developed that low pixel fetish because uh, you know it took so long for things to load. Uh, the new generation will get that like toner running out from the the fax pornography. They're like, oh fuck, is that banding? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Love a good uh, inkjet girl. I was about to say laser print my dick, daddy. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, well, thanks so much for being on. <laughs> yeah, it was um, it was a good old time. Everyone, go go check out Tailblazer stuff. There, there's full links in the show notes. Uh, go play the game, which should be out by now. <laughs> by the time of this recording, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was really nice to get to chat with everybody, and I appreciate y'all having me on. And uh, it was nice getting to break down a bunch of these these topics. Oh, thank you very much. Maybe, maybe we can do some future stuff to go even more elaborate for for those really curious. But for now, <laughs> good luck on your erotic endeavors. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Fucking tail blazer!